0: On today's episode of the Locked On Texan podcast, the Houston Texans lose to the Miami Dolphins 30 to 15. Two-ahead opportunities to sit early. While that was a bad look for the Houston Texans defensively, and there was no change, day and day, night and night, for the Davis Mills list Texans offense. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome everybody to a Monday episode of the Locked On Texan podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Today's episode of the Locked On Texan podcast is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Pick two to five players, and if they score more or less. Then, their prize picks projections you can win up to 10 times your money on your entry. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. I'm John Hickman, joined by Cody Davis, here to discuss the 30 to 15 loss the Houston Texans suffered on Sunday against the 8-3 Miami Dolphins. Currently the Houston Texans' updated record is 1-9-1. and one. Kyle Allen, like I said, day and day, night and night, there was no change between Kyle Allen and Davis Mills. 26-39 of 39 from the field, 215 yards, one touchdown, two interception, sacked five times for a loss of 41 yards. A 4.1 QBR, a 67.8 quarterback rating. And I'll get into this, but what I'm about to tell you guys may, in, may, may, may set this whole show on fire. Damian Pierce, eight yards off five carries. Five carries for the man that moves this offense. Jordan Aikens, five catches, 61 yards and a touchdown. Brandon Cooks, five catches, 59 yards. Nico Collins, six catches, 44 yards. Uh, defensively, for Houston, had an opportunity to get after Tua Tug of a Low, especially when Armstead went down right before the half. Uh, Christian Kirksey had a sack. Malik Collins had two sacks, and Jake Hansen had a sack. They also had a sack for Mario Addison, seven tackles for a loss, and defensively, two pass deflection. One uh, of the biggest issues for Houston on Sunday, well, um, If this was One Blood, the remix (laughs) for Houston, this song would be still playing over and over and over again. Abysmal on third downs. Two of 13 on third down against the Miami Dolphins. A total of 58 plays for a total of 210 yards on 13 drives, averaging 3.6 yards per play. Five penalties for 45 yards. In three turnovers, two interceptions, and the one fumble loss, time of possession, a little bit over 27 minutes on the day. Cody, fans, listeners, this was a horrendous performance 30 to 0 at halftime, four touchdowns in the second quarter. Their first 25 plays, ladies and gentlemen, 32 yards. So that's not even a a yard per play. Well, it's right over a yard per play. Um and, and Cody, <laughs> the words from Lovey Smith were what 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 take us through the the, 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 the pro- press game, post press game conference with Lovey Smith. Like take us through that because Sunday's performance was uh, horrendous. It warrants firing it Today on Monday. W-
1: was it really horrendous? Or was it really an embarrassment? Was it really unwatchable? Because, John. Yes. I Yes. Yes. But, but here's the thing. I've gotten to the point where I'm expecting this. Coach Lovey Smith, when he finally announced the quarterback change on Friday, he said part of the reason why he went through the quarterback change because he felt him, the team, and the coaching staff, they felt that placing Kyle Allen in place of Davis Mills on the center would give this team a jump start. But, John, here we are, (laughs) two, three days later, and we are still talking about, the same exact thing for the Houston Texans. The one issue that I'm starting to have with Lovey Smith, and I'm not about to call for his job because John, you know me, I don't believe in that. You could give me all the looks you want, but I'm going to continue to stand by that. But the one issue that I'm that I, that I've had with Lovey Smith over the last couple of weeks, um, possibly since the loss against the Tennessee Titans, where things really just look like it, it this season. Took a turn for the worst for the Houston Texans is the fact that he always want to focus on the positives, and in a game where you were down thirty to nothing at halftime, in a game where the opposing team starting quarterback. Now, understanding there there was a, a little bit of an injury scare towards the end of the second quarter where Tua kind of like went backwards. I believe he had got sacked from Malik Collins, and the tackle looked kind of scary. But thankfully, Tua was okay. But After the first, maybe second drive of the third quarter, the Miami Dolphins decided to sit Tua with the team up 30 to nothing. And with Tua no longer in a game, the Miami Dolphins went fumble, punt, punt, punt. And of course, the last drive, they secure the first down in order to secure the victory. But within that time stretch where Tua sat down, who was also MVP candidate, by the way, the Houston Texans recorded 15 points. And during his post-game press conference, Lovey Smith wanted to focus on the 15 points that the Houston Texans scored. Now, John, I get it. I understand it. You go from being down 30 to 15. But how much positivity can you take away from that, knowing that the opposing team's starting quarterback, and not only that, they started limited the amount of snaps of Jalen, Tyreek Hill, everybody else that's important, for the Miami Dolphins, even on defense, a lot of their most important players started to take time off. Like, I don't understand how can you focus on the 15 point scored in the second half when the opposing team wasn't even playing their best players. And not only that, John, listeners and viewers, as, as I just mentioned, Lovie Smith said you wanted to give this team a jump start with Kyle Allen, but there was nothing different between what Kyle Allen does and what Davis Mills does. The first half is terrible, and by the time they start getting into an offensive rhythm, the game is already out of hand. Right. I'm speechless. Tool in the first half, threw for 278 yards, finished the game with 299. The defense, once again, this Tampa two defense, I knew Tua in the Miami Dolphins was going to tear the Texans defense apart. There were several times within the first quarter. I counted five times where Tua's target was just wide open, just sitting in the soft part of that defense. And it, I, I'm 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 specialist, but I'm not shocked
0: if well, that makes sense. Uh, there is a water cooler that had some anger taken out on it by Jerry Hughes <laughs> with that kick. I uh, also would like to mention, would love to mention, actually, Kyle McNair was into in, in, in Sunday's press conference, which I think may have been the first of the year. Mm-hmm. And this is in an out-of-town game. Um, and when Lovey Smith talked about Kyle Allen and, you know, the possibility of him continuously continuing starting, uh, yes to your question. We're not going to put a guy, put out a guy, give him the first start, and start yanking things. We let a guy play. We want to see him. We got to eliminate those turnovers. But I thought he did some good things throughout the game. I think there's a combination of a couple of things. And then we'll move on. There is still no identity for this franchise. And this identity, that the lack of this identity, has created this atmosphere of putting out what sounds good. Hmm. And withholding... The truth and, and and maybe the things that should be said, um. And, and and this is a game where you look at the play calling, right? I mean, if you're going to switch out your quarterback and go to Cal Allen, then I definitely would expect the play calling to be a whole head of a lot better, especially if you consider an event that's been in the league maybe five do, years. But,
1: but, but do you really, John? Because when I was, I'm sorry to cut you off, but when I was watching that game, especially in the first first quarter. I'm looking at this and thinking to myself, okay, there's a reason why Kyle Allen is a backup quarterback. Well, that's true, that's just and,
0: and and the majority of that play call really does still have to go to the offensive line, who had another terrible day. <laughs> we'll get into all of that and more on the following segment when we talk about the absence of Damian Pierce mm-hmm. and break down some more of that defense on today's episode of the Locked on Texan podcast. Mm-hmm. This episode is brought to you by Audible. Audible is releasing a slate of new football podcasts that we are sure you are going to love. Find Block Forever now, wherever you get your podcast. That's Block Forever, wherever you find your podcast. Block Forever is a brand new podcast from former NFL All Pro Ryan Khalil and Audible. Khalil takes the conversation about football to the next level. He gives football fans an inside look at the game through the eyes of the greatest players and personalities personalities of all time. Khalil does a good job of sitting down with star players, coaches, and former pros across the league to get the real about what happens on the field and behind the scenes, inside locker rooms, during team meetings. And back at the hotel as well, you'll even hear Christian McCaffrey talk about his love hate relationship with fantasy football. And Juju Smith Schuster gives his most honest opinions about other players and positions in the league. Catch the Block Forever podcast and series available wherever you get your podcast. Available now on Audible. Get in the game. Welcome back in, locked on Texans listeners and viewers out there. I really hope the um water cooler
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: listen right now the, the frustration is boiling over is is pretty hot for this franchise you got guys that don't look enthused to play football yeah um, no. th- there's a lot of guys at, at moments and times especially within the last two to three weeks it just looks like they're out there kind of waiting until the season is over with so they can go about their summers right a lot of these guys, man, that they're coming from winning organizations, and I, I don't know how you're going to sell free agents to this team, right? And so for Houston, the draft right now is the, the biggest hope, right? The Browns won on Sunday, so that kind of messes up the chances. They're still going to get their Browns pick, but the Browns won, so that improves the Browns record, which hurts the Houston Texans' chances of getting a, a top-ten pick. But they secured the number one pick once again. Another, another, another Sunday <laughs> securing the number one pick. But I, I got to tell you, five carries for Damian Pierce is inexcusable. Uh, I like the fact that D'Arre was able to get some more carries. D'Arre got the first carry of the game for the Houston Texans, and uh, Rex Burkhead went down with a, a big injury. It was hard for him to walk off the field. That, that really was kind of scary the way his body kind of mm. folded like a whiplash, and, of course, he is of age. So, you know, hopefully nothing serious is going on with uh, Rex Burkhead. But for Damian Pierce to only get five carries in the game, and I don't really care how much you were out of the game at one point. He is your best weapon offensively. And I, mean, I can't include – like t- uh, not Titus, but Lambry Tunsil because I still think that he may be the overall best player – on the offensive side of the ball, even though he did have a drop. They tried to put you in a position to get a big boy touchdown, and you dropped the pass. But overall, when you look at when this offense really looks good, when I go back to the Eagles game, when I go back to certain moments throughout the year, like the Chargers game, right, or the New York Giants game, there's moments when your offense looks, you know, pretty good, pretty competitive, and a lot of that rides on the shoulders of Damian Pierce the rookie running back, which again, I mentioned before, I can't remember a time that an offense was based around a rookie running back. It doesn't go wherever anywhere without that rookie running back. Even when Zeke was running the ball as well as he was early in his first year in the league, still had Romo, still had you know other weapons. So for, for the rookie, I think it's a lot of pressure on his shoulders. However, this is the NFL and he got a for the fourth round draft pick, he got a, a, a his contract was a little bit more because of how Nick worked things out. He got to get the ball five times again. It's inexcusable when you take a <clears throat> weapon away when you're taking the weapon away, right? Not when the other team is doing it. I can see if it was twelve to thirteen carries and only ten yards, but when you take away another weapon, then that does make. Your play calling looked very suspect, and I think that's a direct shot. I am calling that a direct shot to Pep Hamilton because five carries for Damian Pierce isn't—it's not going to cut it. Uh,
1: I—I don't really think that the lack of carries that Damian Pierce had was the Houston Texans taking him away. Um, I really do believe that it was once again due to the inabilities of the Houston Texans offensive line um being terrible for the second consecutive week. It's once again why Damian Pierce finished the game for the second consecutive week with only eight yards. I mean, Johnny, you saw it every time that they gave him the ball, Um, the opposing team's defensive linemen, linebackers, there was already in the backfield killing Damian Pierce. And we talking about it a lot here on this show about, you know, kind of like, well, at least I do, kind of not really protecting Damian Pierce, but don't put him in harm's way, especially when you know your offensive line is not getting the job done. Look, I do agree with you that him finishing the game with five carries is inexcusable because, once again, even with Kyle Allen as his team starting quarterback, it once again showcased why Damian Pierce is so important and valuable for this organization, and especially on the offensive side of the ball. Because like Lovey Smith said in his post-game press conference, if they are unable to sustain the run, they cannot move the football. And that's what we saw for another consecutive week. However, John, once again, going back to another point that I talked about last week, Keon Green has already established himself as this team's, if not best, second best run blocker. And he had another suspect day. Not only that, they favored Justin McCray over him. So, you 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 have to look at the cor- correlation here to where if Keon Green cannot give this offensive line that extra pu- push in order to get Damian Pierce involved, then it makes sense why they kind of limited Damian Pierce in this game. But once again, you're looking at a situation where Damian Pierce has only averaged <clears throat> eight yards over the last two games. So it's not really the play calling fault. It's more so to – The fact that their offensive line can't really do anything
0: as boring as the game was on sunday against the miami dolphins it's always better uh whenever you can add a little extra edge to the games and what better way to do that than with prize picks where you can pick two to five players and if they score more or less than their prize picks projection you can win up to 10 times your money on any entry no competing against other people just you Versus the projections available. They also offer projections on not only football, but NBA, NHL, college football, men's college and women's college basketball, soccer, WNBA. If it's out there, you name it, they got it. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Safe and fast withdrawals and currently operational in over 30 states. So download. Prospect app. app or go to prospects.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code Locked On. Thank you for making the Locked On Texans your first listen every day. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. The biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts.
1: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to this recap Monday installment of Locked on Texans. And, it's hard uh, out here, man. <laughs> it's hard out here. It's hard out here for Texans fans and reporters. I tell you that for sure.
0: Um, especially for reporters, man. Lovey Smith. <laughs> Lovey Smith is is uh he's been a little hot the last between Brian T. Smith and he also had uh, about the blow up because I think he was still very respectable, but on the press conference on Sunday, he was like, you know mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to get back to you. I feel like somebody was talking a little bit. Like, <laughs> it's hard out here, man.
1: Yeah, you know, it's it's really hard, John. And on tomorrow, I want us to look at how much in danger are the Houston Texans going into this offseason? Because I love the point that you made of how hard it is is going to be able to sell free agents um to come here in the offseason, and I truly do believe that that was part of the reason why this season was 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 important for them to look competitive and at least better than last right. year. But, you know, I, I really want to revisit that for tomorrow's show. But, John – I
0: wonder if Bryce Young may pull an Eli. <laughs> he might. No, I'm, ser- I'm serious. Listen, for Houston, I mean, can we agree that Lovey and Pep is leaving? I mean, not leaving, they're gone, right? I mean mm. – I mean, I know Cody. We've talked a little bit more so off camera than we did on camera about mm-hmm. how you know internally it seemed Ed past tense like Lovey Smith's job was you know okay. I don't, I, 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 I don't think that may be the same feeling uh, as internally. I believe that there may be a change of heart now. You know, yeah. Cal McNair was at the press conference, but I don't think they can go into next season with Pep Hamilton as quarterback, I mean as your OC. Even though he has done a very good job coaching up some of these young QBs coming out when we look at Andrew Luck and Herbert and I think this may be the perfect situation because like Luck and like Herbert, he's dealing with a top QB prospect and you would always want to deal with a top QB prospect who who has been considered a top QB prospect since the day he walked on campus compared to Davis Mills, who has only played a handful of games in the past five or so years. I get that, but I don't think they are going to make it to next season. And if if I'm Cal McNair, I'm trying everything I can to see if Sean Payton wants to be a part uh, of, of creating something different here in Houston.
1: Uh, he damn so not – coming here I mean you have to take a look like I know when he went to the New Orleans Saints I mean the Saints was coming off arguably their worst season in franchise history but they did have an opportunity to sign a quarterback named Drew Brees who showed a little bit of promise but he was hurt and we well, all know I, how I,
0: that I mean if but we look at Drew Brees what Drew Brees 510 like we look at Drew Brees in New Orleans and if they get the number one pick which they currently have and if they go out there and draft Bryce Young then hey, Sean Payton. Make magic, baby. Already got your running back. We can go out there and find you a scat back running back. A lot of people want Bijan Robinson. I don't think that's going to happen. You can go out there and get some more offensive weapons. And by the way, what's more of a selling point? Coming to play for Lovey Smith and an outdated defense or coming to play for Sean Payton?
1: I mean, I, I I get your point, but I just don't see Sean Payton trying to rebuild an organization like he did in New Orleans. Plus, by the way, ownership was basically on one of court, you know, with those with with, with their with their with their staff, their coaching staff, team personnel, everything. We all know when you take a look at the Texans, it's damn near a uh, whatever you want to call it, like. I don't know if Sean Payton will come here. Like, I I love the thought of it, I must say. But I I don't think Sean Payton will come out of retirement to join the Houston Texans. And not only that, you also got to keep in mind, wherever, if Sean Payton comes back, the Texans are going to have to give us some of that draft capital because the New Orleans Saints still holds his rights.
0: Oh, didn't think about that. And I also don't think the Texans can afford another coach contract. And if Sean Payton's come out of retirement, then that contract going to be pretty steep. Mm -hmm. They're already paying David Culley. They're still going to have Lovey Smith under contract. Mm -hmm. A third contract would just be entirely too much because I think, like the Raiders situation, why they can't move on from McDaniels is because they still owe him money and they can't afford it. Houston is in such a bad position right now that I think the best outcome is to leave Lovey Smith as your head coach. And it's another another optical of optics, right? Um, leave him as your head coach, but you got to just allow him to be the face of the coaching staff. You got to get an innovative defensive coordinator here in Houston. You got to get an, a different offensive coordinator. I don't think Pep has done – I, I don't think – like, again, I think it's still 70, 30. I put blames on Mills, a lot of blame on Mills for this season. But Pep – if Bryce Young is your is is your if your is your is your pick, the only thing I can see working out is if you want to stay here in town, you take a demotion, come back to quarterback coach, and we got to get another offensive coordinator here in town.
1: And once uh, that proves my point of last week when I said, John, I think the Houston Texans would have been in a better position had they kept David Cully. And I'm not saying this for wins or loss, but. If you kept David Culley for another season, that would have given you an opportunity to finally go out and orchestrate a real real coaching search and get the head coach that you desperately want and need. It's just a bad look
0: overall, man. This is just... This is the 2022-23 Houston Texans (laughs) team. Listen, I think by this time last year, they had already secured... Uh, what two more wins under David Culley?
1: Yeah, I want to say this time last year might have been the game when they went when they had defeated the Tennessee Titans in Tennessee, Titans, and I think they had soccer. like four interceptions and stuff. Um, I, I believe we we are around that, but of course, you know, in December, um, they end up beating, of course, Jacksonville again, and they also beat the Los Angeles Chargers. But that's that's another scary part about it. Like, John, you remember going into this season. The stretch of games where the Houston Texans just finished playing against the Giants, playing against the Eagles, um, playing against Miami, um, playing against Washington like that at the time was looked at four games where you can say, you know what, I don't see them going 0-4, but they're going to get at least one of these games. You know, it's going yeah, to be I a toss up. It's going to be competitive.
0: For two games in, in the preseason that they could, could have won.
1: Now, you look ahead to next Sunday. This is arguably the worst stretch of games for the Texans. I mean, you're gonna have the Cleveland Browns coming in town with somebody in in, you know, with a new quarterback under center. We're gonna get into that later on in the week, but you have the Kansas City Chiefs, you have the Dallas Cowboys, you're like you you have Tennessee again. Like you have That's the, Jags, Jacksonville and, again. the Jags and, That's- and by the way, listen, <laughs> Trevor Lawrence
0: looked phenomenal. Against the Ravens. You know, the Houston Texans may not win another game, man.
1: That's where I was going. Like, I don't see this organization winning another
0: game. Um, This is just bad. Yeah, <laughs> But if you're like me, you're enjoying the ride. Hey, all roads lead to the number one pick in the 2023 draft. And I have an eerie feeling they're going to botch it.
1: Uh, how can nah, and and this? I, I, I,
0: you know The what, only I mean, way I mean, he could
1: get boshed is like you say, if Bryce don't pull Eli, Eli Manny. That's nah, the only way.
0: And and I've been advocating for Jalen Carter because I think he's that dominant of a player at his position. But I can't ex- listen. Drafting a quarterback should be the priority for the Houston Texans. Like <laughs> that's why I said, how no way can you bosh this?
1: And if you uh, don't get, if you don't get, you know Bryce, you know that CJ.
0: Thank you guys for checking out today's episode of the Locked On Texan Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I I was told that they really do like CJ, and and CJ does bring some things from a physical standpoint that Bryce doesn't, but mentally, Bryce Young is just a much better quarterback. Be sure to check us out throughout the week here on the Locked On Texan Podcast on YouTube under the name Locked On Texans. Follow me on Twitter, the name right there. John underscore Hickman 12.
1: And as always, I'm your host, Cody M. Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) peace.